for someone who does a podcast about movies and TV shows, yeah, you do tend to only watch the things in preparation for the show. Yeah. But I believe you've been watching some things. Well, considering you, you, you mispronounced the word show and said shell. Did I? Yes. Did I say shell? Which is quite handy because I watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. The animation's out of this world. It's that lovely almost, not graffiti, but like, you know when you see the, like there was jagged colours on it where it was like, it was like drawn freehand and stuff yeah. like that. Half oh, absolutely brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. I just like the fact that all the actors are teenagers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they purposely did a lot of recording where it was overlapped. They re- are they actually in the studio together? Yeah, are they, so yeah. they're just over talking over each other and that's what I love because it's sometimes all three the three four of them are talking at the same time you're like what the hell is going on <laughs> but I was reading the when you've got four teenagers I imagine that's what it's like non-stop yeah they're not going to they don't like take turns talking yeah. to that is what it's going to be like yeah yeah so you liked it loved it I watched a film you're never going to watch called uh, Cobweb I don't just the name and no, yeah, no, I'm never going to watch it's it it's a horror film with uh, Anthony Starr Who's Homelander in the boys? Oh, that was worth a watch. He's, like he's Australian, New Zealand as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. Just brilliant, um, American accent. They, they all do. It's impressive. And then I am going to see a thing. Deacon Blue, I'm on on Friday. Oh, I've never seen. Where it. you? Where, where are they playing? Well, it's the, it's the Echo Arena, isn't it? We call the, it the of M- course it's the Echo Arena. The official name's the M&S Bank Arena, but we'll always call like, it the Echo Arena. Is it even an M&S Bank? I don't get it. Like, why, <laughs> why call it something that doesn't exist? It's, it, <laughs> but no, I've never never seen them. Like, massive fan in, like, the 80s and 90s. But this will be the first time as a 43... How old are we now? 44-year-old men? <laughs> yeah. Going um, to see them. Because when as soon as you said it before, I because you said have we seen um Deacon Blue? I was like, no. But we did go and see Delamitri. We did at the World Court, yeah. We did. Um And Lightning Seeds recently. We saw Lightning Seeds recently. Who else have I seen? I, randomly. I remember when I was a kid, my mum came home and said, I've got tickets. To go to a gig, and I mean, must me and my sister must have only been teenagers. It was, type, it was at the age where you stopped doing things with your parents, <laughs> and it was. Do you remember Tanita Takaram? And she had that one big hit, It's a Good Tradition. Oh, I love yeah, it. yeah. So, like, random gig in Warrington of all places. I don't know where she got the tickets from. So we went to see, <laughs> she was amazing. Was it good? Really, really good. Like, obviously, that was her big hit, but. It was a good, it seems to me, I must have only been a teenager. And I don't know if you remember, I mentioned, um, I can't remember what episode it was, it was, in fact, it was Pirates of the Caribbean, because Jack, not, is it Davenport? Jack Davenport, yeah. He, I said he was in a BBC programme called, um, was it This Is Us, something like that, with Andrew Lincoln, where they were all at the is lawyer. It this Life? This Life, that was it. Tanita Takaram's brother was in that, randomly. That is a bit of a... That's completely random. <laughs> so I've never met him, but I did go and see Tanita Takaram. Oh, my God, I've just remembered something. <laughs> Your eyes have lit up. So, I was on a tube once in London, because I lived in London for a few years, and these two women 
sat going on sat, sat in front and they were like opposite me and I'm looking at them going they look really familiar like trying to not stare and I and I looked the girl there were two girls um, one was American one was English and the English girl played Andrew Lincoln's girlfriend in that programme her name her character was Millie I can't remember her name she's, she's done quite a bit of TV and the other woman she was with is the do you remember the episode a couple of episodes of Friends Joey Joey was going out with the other dinosaur professor and who worked with Ross yeah here it was her it was both of them and I'm like looking at them going I'm sure it's them like the names of what I can't remember the names I do apologise and I'm just like I was like I'm sure it was definitely them and then in check they were in a play together in the West End at the time oh right so it was definitely them yeah and it was like it was the most random sighting on Tube but it just reminds me then that's all just come back to you yeah, completely pointless <laughs> preamble. Probably, I'll probably edit all that bit out. Let's start the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, if you've never seen Kindergarten Cop, tell me who is your daddy and what does he do? All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it. <laughs> it's been such a great oh start. You were just looking out the window. I know, under the window, and you and Dave. That was yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm your Dave. You, you know, we've got a show on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I've just had to do the intro four times, haven't I? Well, don't give on straight secrets away because by the time I've edited, it, it sounds seamless. The, the magic of editing, yeah. The magic of editing, yeah. You missed the, missed the bits where we like pause for a long time because we've totally forgotten the name of an actor's name. Or do you ever cut out the bits where we repeatedly pronounce someone's name wrong as well? And a lot of M's. <laughs> a lot of A lot of M's. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a thing more so... I think Liverpoolians do use the word M a lot. I don't know why. I think because sometimes you're talking faster than your brain works. I, I think that's definitely... That's, you just that's go, blah, 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 blah. Problem, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, um, what... Um, <laughs> what is it this week? Because it is a film that you've seen and I have never seen before. Not many of them. It's very rare, yeah. You did yeah. well to find one. So what was the film that you picked for me to watch that you've seen? The film I picked this week is The Way, Way Back. Oh, excellent. Okay, so it's a 2013 film about 14-year-old Duncan who was forced to spend the summer with his mum along with her new overbearing boyfriend and his teenage daughter. While away, Duncan finds sanctuary working at a local water park along with a bunch of other social misfits. 
So, why did you choose this for me to watch? Because it's about the only film you've never seen. <laughs> no, uh, fair play, fair play. Not only that, it's another film about friendship again for me, isn't it? You're sticking with that theme, aren't it, you, all the way through? And it wasn't meant, it wasn't originally planned that way. But I was like thinking about it before. You could literally swap Duncan and Owen for Ricky and Heck and swap the water park for the New Zealand bush. And you've got a lot of the same film. It's, it's the same themes, yeah. isn't it? Running all the way through it. Yeah. So, and it's, I think, and when did we mention it? I think it was when we did My Cousin Vinny. I said to you, it's a boss little film. This is a boss little film. Mm. It's one of them, and the reasons I said it's a boss little film because it's a cracking little script. It's a cracking cast. And everyone who wants to be in it, cast-wise, is doing it because they want to be in that film. You can see, they're not getting paid a lot of money because it's a low-budget indie Mm. film, but there's quite a lot of well-established actors as when touch on the cast later. So they're all in it because they've read the script they want to be in this film and he wanted to make this film and I love films like that so it is a boss little film and some of the themes we've touched on especially with Humble the World people that that broken family dysfunctional family sort of theme dealing with rejection and I think one of the reasons it it probably spoke to me more is that social awkwardness of the teenager I look at the scenes of Duncan <laughs> the bit where he sat on the beach with his stepdad's daughter and he sat like 10 foot away from them and he's in his jeans and trains on the beach looking really awkward it's like oh my god that's so me so I don't know why this passed me by because it's so come up 10 years ago yeah 2013 yeah I don't really remember being on cinemas do you? no I found out about it I was watching a couple of years ago, I was doing a thing where I was picking an actor and going through a lot of their movies. So I did an Alan Rickman season. Oh, and, you know, and it was an excuse, a way for me to find films I've mm. never seen because mm. I get a little bit stuck in my ways when I'm watching things. You know me, I tend to watch box sets or re-watch box sets because I've just finished watching Modern Family again for the second time. All ten, Well, I've still got series 11 to watch. And I remember going through an Alan Rickman box set, and then I went through a Steve Carell. Right. Bibliography. And that's how I found it. And then I realised it's the same producers of Little Miss Sunshine, which I'm definitely touch upon at some point in the podcast. And I was just like, and I remember watching and thought, oh, I absolutely love that film. It's just, there's something about films of friendship that really, I don't know, maybe I've just got no friends. <laughs> I don't know what it says about You're me. craving for I'm, that. I need that, friends. Yeah. Anyone, would you be my friend? Do you think it's a difficult film to sell? Yeah, because nothing really happens in it. It's, so to speak, you know, again, it's a coming an age film as well, isn't it? You know, Duncan's is 14. He's just sort of, he's finding himself. It is a difficult one to, because... Is that, the genre, though, is it a coming of age or is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Because it's see, got so many elements. It's down, and the, the, the point I think is a comedy drama these days. Um, 
it's got some really funny moments and amazing performances in it. I wouldn't say it's a comedy, I wouldn't say it's a drama. It's just, it is, it's a, do you know what it is? It's a boss little film. It's a boss little movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and hashtag that because I think it's, it's a legitimate genre because there are identifying sort of boundaries what makes a boss little movie. It's a boss little script, boss little cast. It's not, it's an indie film. You've got to hit them free for it to be a boss little movie. So There's a criteria for there, boss there little is. movie. There is. Boss little movie, it's a, it's a real thing. So the way we back is like a saying from the 70s, apparently. The way we back is the back seat of the car. In which is, American station wagons, they have that extra seat in yeah. the back, don't they? And I read it was originally meant to be set in the 80s. And they changed it, but if you notice, you see very little technology anyway. Yes. There's... there's there's a few bits where the, where he's on his phone, he's got an iPod because he's got the white headphones, but you're right, it's very... Because Steve, Steve Carell, who's in it, he drives an old station wagon because yeah. he references it's the same one as Dad has when he was a kid. The house where they live, the summer house where they go and stay, seems like it's not really changed much since the 70s or 80s. And it's almost like... And I think what it's implying is that little pocket of American society of these and the, the middle class people they're not extremely rich white Americans but they're not poor either as they have these summer hol- summer holiday homes in like Massachusetts on the beach and stuff like that and it's where they go and spend the summer and I think that's I think that's why there's a lot of nods to the 80s because don't forget yeah. he's, he's um, when we meet Sam Rockwell's character he's playing Pac-Man in the, in the shop yeah, as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, because you mentioned the station wagon, even his car was an old car as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, There's not a lot of modern things in there. So you just mentioned Sam Rockwell. Who else is in it? What have they been in? What what would we know them from and any recommendations? It's an absolute crack and cast, this one. I'll start off with Duncan, who's the young kid. He's played by a young lad called Liam James. Great name, by the way, Liam. I love that. <laughs> He's currently in, and I haven't seen it, but you've mentioned this to me, the White House Plumbers. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. And he's just done a series, well, a couple of years ago now, called Deadly Class. Do you know about this? Russo Brothers produced it. It's based on a comic book where mafia stroke bad assassin type people send their kids to boarding school. So it's a boarding school full of kids whose parents are like, super baddies and stuff like oh, that. No, to be honest, you have me at Russo Brothers. Yeah, yeah. So it's called Deadly Class. Um, never seen, never even heard of it. There's there's one series of it. So he's in that, and that was like, oh, I might try and dig that one out at some point. Who else have we got in it? Pam is played by the unbelievable Tony Collette. Oh, like some of the films she's done. One that I picked out, Muriel's Wedding, is the obvious one. That's the one that sort of brought her into limelight. About a boy, Hugh Grant one. That's been brought up a few times on our podcast. Little Miss Sunshine. Believe me, Little Miss Sunshine is going to be mentioned a few times <laughs> in this podcast. And she's also in Knives Out as well. Yeah, so the couple I picked out, Six Sense. Six Sense, yeah. The one I know you won't have seen is Hereditary. No. So that's a horror film from 2018. And I think it's like... Absolutely terrifying, and I think for a lot of horror fans, it's probably in their top twenty. At really? Least. Yeah, I think it, it was. It's a bit of a cult sort of classic already, and it's only a few years old. But the one that I noticed, which I've never seen, 
was one called A Long Way Down. Did you notice that on our list? So it's oh, got yes. Pierce Brosnan, Imogen Potts, Rosamund Pike, Alan Paul, Sam Neill from Home for the World of People, Jasper, Park, and Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders. Oh, I know the, I, I remember when a name popped up before and I saw the front cover of it. I've never seen it, but yet I am Not aware of it. And I haven't watched The Staircase yet. Now, I was literally watching a trailer for that before. That's with Colin Firth as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's a true story about Michael Peterson and whether he murdered his wife or not. I've seen the documentary, but I've never seen the, the series that she's in. So oh, she, I, check I, it out. I think she, Tony Collette has that um, amazing ability to play really normal women characters and I don't mean that as a detriment or she's such a good actress she doesn't need characters to have anything crazy or or bonkers she can just play them absolute normal female characters and do it so well just like people we would know yeah like that's what it's like isn't it she's an absolutely unbelievable actress also, we've got Trent, played by Steve Carell. I absolutely love Steve Carell. He, he, and this is, he, he not long finished The Office. So at the time, this is what I'm saying, why it's a boss little movie. He was on the highest paid TV stars. I think he was the highest paid TV star at one point because the last, when, this was, The Office was the most watched TV show in America. They were the most highest paid. They were getting like something, God knows what, for every episode. This was one of the first things he did when he left The Office. Like, of all the things he could do. And he must have had everything thrown at him, mustn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look at some of the other things he's done. Obviously, we all know him from The Office. He also voices Gru from the Despicable Me franchise. Another great one he's done, Crazy Stupid Love, with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Oh, just, I absolutely love that film. Um, don't want Little Miss Sunshine. Believe me, that's not the last time <laughs> it'll be mentioned in this podcast. And, of course, he's an anchorman. You know I haven't watched The American Office, so I'm wondering whether I sort of skipped this film because I really knew Steve Carell as from Anchorman. Yeah. And obviously I think he'd done, had he done Despicable Me by then? I think so, Possibly. I think the first one was done, So I yeah. don't know whether I've seen advertised for it's a drama with the guy from Anchorman. Is it going to be any good? Because I didn't know him from The Office, but recently I watched him in The Patient. Have you seen that with Domino Gleeson? No. That's a really good, it's like a ten-part um, FX series that's worth I know watching. which one you mean Is, isn't he I don't want to spoil it too much because you can watch it but he's a, he's a psychiatrist that's help, right, helping yeah. out Domino Gleeson yeah he was in Date Night with Tina Fey he was from 30 Rock and he's been in an episode of The Simpsons and also he's in Good Morning what's the one with Jennifer Aniston and Reese? The Morning Show The Morning Show but I love Steve Carell when he doesn't play funny people He's hilarious and he's amazing improv as well. That's, that was his background before he got yeah. into uh, movies. He was he's in one of these Chicago improv groups, which is re- really big. But oh my god, he does straight roles so well because he's done the big shorts as well with the yeah. hell of a cast and that Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. Oh, I I think he plays he like and in this he's an absolute bastard. He is an absolute bastard and. Oh, I I just think he does it so well. Yeah, I I think it's amazing. I love comedy actors when you play really straight roles, and there's something about I think being comedian, you understand timing, and I think 
Well, Robin Williams was yeah. the, the king of it, wasn't he? I, I think we've had this conversation. I think we did a piece on it, didn't we? On, on um, Kenny asked us for our Instagram, our best, our favourite yeah. comedians in straight roles. There's just something about comedian, and he does it better than most. And that, like I said, that's how I got into this film because I was watch, I was going back and watching Steve Carell films, and he's done some fantastic, fantastic films, which I'll come to at the end of this <laughs> as well. <laughs> Who else have we got in here? We've got Owen, who's played by Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is literally just one of them actors who constantly does amazing performances, but is never the main guy. I recently watched the day See How They Run, where he plays a British... Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. really loved that. But some of the films he's in, Green Mile, Galaxy Quest... Frost Nixon, Iron Man 2, Seven Psychopaths, Three Billboards. He played George W. Bush and Vice, do you remember? Yeah, he that did. was a hell of a performance. And he's in Jojo Rabbit. They're just some of the films that picked. Like, I forget how many films he's in. Oh, he's in a ton. A couple where he is the leads, but they're not big films, was Moon. Yeah, I've never seen that. You'd, you'd really enjoy Moon, I think. And Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Never seen that, no. There's two to add to your list. And... Um, he hasn't been in The Simpsons, but when I was doing the research and to, to look to see if he was, I found a cast him as Snake if they made a live action Simpsons. And he'd be. <laughs> I thought that was genius. That would Snake. Isn't that really good? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, could see, I could see him playing that. Oh, he's amazing. Also, we've got Betty, who's the neighbour next door, played by the, again, the amazing Alison Janay. She's famous, most famously for West Wing, which is one of my favourite all-time shows. She's also amazing in The Help. She's in Juno. Plays the mum in I, Tonya, which is a... She won the Oscar, didn't oh, she? Oh, a brilliant film. And she's also in the Melissa McCarthy film Spy as well, which I really love. We've also got Caitlin, who's played by Maya Rudolph. We've spoke about Maya before because she's in Bridesmaids. But she's currently in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She voices Cynthia. Oh, she is. The yeah. names had come up at the end. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. love her in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I think she's only in, is it two episodes? Yes. She just steals the show. She's, oh, I think, she, and she's, I just love Mary. And we were just talking about, I told you to watch that clip. She does this clip with Emma Stone, where they've got like a margarine top, it's margarine tub, and they're tapping it and clapping and singing yeah. the song. Go and find the full video. Their harmonies, because they're both amazing singers, which what shocked me, but they do this routine where they go, tapping, and it's so intricate. It's quite simple, but because it's the repetition and they're both doing it slightly different times, it's really impressive. But she's, yeah, Mary Rudolph, she's brilliant. The only other ones I'm going to mention is they're both, they've got two small parts in it, Jim Rash and Nat Faxon. But mentioning it is because... They both wrote and directed this film. And of course, we know Jim Rash as Dean Pelton from mm-hmm. Community. And they both wrote and um, they both wrote the Descendants film as well with George Clooney, which they won the Oscar for. Was that before? That was before this? I, yeah. This was the media film before right. this, yeah. So, loads of great actors then. But. Who was either your favourite character or just favourite performance in the in the movie? The two honourables are Alison Janney as Betty and Steve Carell as Trent. They were both... Do you know what? All the performances in this are yeah. so good. But I'm going to have to go with Sam Rockwell. Oh, OK. He just... 
absolutely steals it for me. I, I thought you would. So I've gone with someone else. So why why did you pick him? It's he just No, when you when I remembered this film, he, and we mentioned this quite a lot, this boxer, the first thing I meant I think about when I hear the title of this film or see the title is him. His little his little jokes, you know, the history of how the the park was bought and yeah. And apparently he ad-libbed a lot of the bits and there's a lot of his messages over to the Tannoy and just the way, just how he really saw something in Duncan and just took the time out of his life to just reach out and just, I don't know. He's just, he's the just little relationship a, with him and Maya Rudolph is, yeah, it's it, so, is good as well. Yeah, it's it? really good as well. He's just... And a lot of it was ad libbed as well. A lot of his, a lot of his, and he just, he's just on absolute form. You can tell making this film, he was absolutely loving life and enjoying it himself, and he brings everything to it. And everyone around him, you can literally see it when he's performing. Everyone around him, I love performing with him. He just takes when he performs, everyone performs with him. He just seems to be one of them people, doesn't he? And I just. It's more about the performance than the character. I just think he absolutely steals it. But as a character, there's definitely some pain there. There's, he eludes, he, he gets what Duncan's going through. He mentions it himself a little bit later. And I just, uh, you know, the bit where he steps up a little bit later, you know, at, the, at the end where he turned around to, to Trent, Steve Kell's character, kind of like, he's a free. Do you think he's a free? You no, know, when he sort of Yeah, he gets in the way, doesn't he? Yeah, and I just... I just loved. I just loved his character, and every time you see him, from when he's playing Pac-Man and he's going on everything he says, he's 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 the highlight of the film. He is. He is. He is brilliant in it. I think that character easily could have been. I don't say a bit of a loser, but like yes, a bit of a um, layabout, and yeah. you know, because he doesn't really want to. He doesn't. He obviously wants to be there because he loves the. He generally, I think, he loves the park, but he doesn't really want to put the work in. No. And then when he is actually sort of pulled up on it by Maya Rudolph's character, you see that scene where he's putting the deck chairs out yeah. the next day and he's and trying then, to make an effort. And, and Duncan's like, you probably put them up and Rose facing the yeah. wall. <laughs> he's like, <But> really? <laughs> I'm not surprised it's improvised because so much of it is so quick. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, but I like the bit when he's, the, the kids are all queuing up and he says, I'm holding out for a hero. Yes. So it's like doing the lyrics of the song. And obviously them kids have got no idea what yes. he's talking about. I think he's brilliant, but... I had a feeling he picked Sam Rockwell because he's excellent, but I went with Duncan because I think that lad in the movie, it's such he's such an awkward character already mm. and he's obviously going through a bad time with his mum and dad splitting up and now she's got this you know new boyfriend. I think his performance, though, there's so much he does without even speaking. Yes. It, there's so many scenes. I think usually in a movie it's all the dialogue and the music that sort of tells yeah. you how you need yeah. to feel. But he very rarely smiles, does he? No. And when he does, it's worth it. Yeah, and <laughs> and that's that's the payoff in the bit at the end where Tony Kletter's mum finds that he's working there and she walks past and his photograph is the employee of the month and he's got yeah. that lovely smile and she's like, oh, I, you're right, there's loads of little moments. Like the, like the second time he goes out with the bike, he rips the tassels off the handlebars. Yeah. I love the bit. It's not even one of my favourite scenes, but... 
as he's got a little bit more confidence where he's just eating cereals and he's, got, he's off to work and he's really enjoying it. He winks at the yeah, because he's wearing shorts as well, which is different, yeah. isn't it? Because like you, that 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 just the bit we said mentioned before where he's on the beach with jeans and trainers is like it was so me at that age. It was just like just, he, does, he does grow because it's a very like. Probably not the best analogy, but it's a very Clark Kent to Superman type yeah. thing. He's so awkward around yeah. girls and stuff. And we're going to talk about some of the scenes anyway. And I just think the the one bit when he when he pushes Trent, yeah, you're sort of happy he did it. I think the problem with that scene is Trent would have absolutely have escalated it. Yeah, yeah, would have got worse. And I think that was one of the scenes that showed you about how bad a person Trent potentially could have been. But I almost didn't want him to do it. Because he was such a nice guy, yeah, yeah. That you didn't want to see him do something violent, but I just think his whole performance—it's amazing. And, and even his relationship with the the neighbor's daughter, and I'm sure it was All the character name was, was very subtle as well. Mm. It, I think the, the, when they were together, it was really lovely as well. When he when she turns up at the water park, and Owen's got the the the, the yeah the sort of intercom thing and he's talking through and he's like oh I just love it and he takes her around for the day and you have a lovely day <laughs> it just it really does remind me of being a teenager this film like it, a lot of the, the a lot of it transfers I know it's American but a lot of the the emotion a lot of the the awkwardness you can you can like ju- an outside of it yeah stuff. you can just see it you remember it it's so real so, so you've just Mention the scene then, and I'm going to bring it back up in a second. So, what was your favourite scene or favourite moment in the movie? Okay, we've got a couple of honourables. First honourable is the break dancing scene, where that <laughs> one goes and makes him break up. The... So he's been told he's got to go and get the cardboard yeah. back off the break dancers, hasn't he? And, and Mayor's like Mayor's uh, Caitlin character played by May. She's like, "Why are you making him do this?" And he has to go. And there's like a big crowd of people all sat around these couple of lads who are doing break dancing. And he's like, "I'm sorry, I'll go break it up because he's trying to." And he's like, "No, you've got to dance." And he's really awkward, isn't he? And he's yeah. terrible, <laughs> but. The guys who we start dancing with really respond to him, and then the girl comes in and goes, "No, you watch this," and then he just goes with it, and it's that that moment, and I think that's the moment he really felt he belonged at the water park mm. as well. He was he was asked to do something, and he did it, and that's what Owen said after he was like, he said they're asking to do something, and he he did it, and he did it by himself. Because said, oh, "I would have, I would have jumped in if I needed to," yeah. but he was like, and it was. I think it's a lovely scene. I think it really is. It's really quite funny. As he walks off, he's made up with himself to smile <laughs> on the face. And then he falls over. Yeah, then he falls over. Yeah. <laughs> Over honourable mention is just a quick fleeting moment is at the end where him and Susanna do kiss and mm. Trent's daughter sat in the back of the car and he turns around and gets back in the car and he goes, what are you looking at, Pev? Because that's the bitch, <laughs> yeah. that was the line she used in him earlier on. And I was like, well, literally when we watched it the other night, I jumped up and was like, yes! And Jackie's like, all right, it's not that good to see you. And I was like, no, but he told her. It was, and she was like, I just, it's just one of the moments he's like, yes, go ahead, Duncan. But my favourite scene is that opening scene with Steve Carell. Oh, excellent. Go on. Because you don't know where it's going at this point. This mm. is Literally, there's no music. It just opens up. You're in a moving car, it's all silent. And then that conversation with Steve Carell's character, Trent, just turns around. He looks in the back mirror and he's like, that's a Duncan. How do you rate yourself, Duncan? Come on, out to 10. 
And, and like I say, at this point, we we don't know. No. We don't even know if that's his dad yeah, or what yeah. the relationship is of anyone in the car. Do but, we? So we basically get him to rate himself. And Duncan's not really trying to... He's not interested. So he says, I don't, and typical answer is six, because it's, you know, don't want to be... Close to the middle. And he goes, I think you're more of a three. And from that scene, you know everything you need to know about Duncan. You know everything you need to know about Trent and you know everything you need to know about their relationship mm. and then what the film is going to be and it's such clever writing for that like little two three minute scene oh I think it's it's and again when I think of that film straight away it's that scene yeah. I think about so that's the bit I think about and Steve Carell is brilliant he he and this was said, oh, I love it when he plays a knobhead or like that horrible <laughs> person. He he does it so well. And because he can't switch from being that yeah. most wholesome guy yeah. to, to the opposite. It's really funny that you picked that scene. I've got two honourable mentions. One is last week you said your favourite scene in Predator was the montage scene. Yes. To get Medi. Yeah. My favourite scene was the montage scene yeah. in this. So I love a montage scene. Love a good montage. Whether it's like Rocky or the A-Team, which what you mentioned last week. And was it... Was, was so it's it... Susanna's the girl. Yes. So there's that scene where Susanna turns at the park and then just as that montage of her sort of following around and talking to each other and you see Duncan like chatting and talking and laughing and that's the first time in the movie, isn't it, where mm. he's like properly talking to a girl and feeling happy. I just love that little happy montage. The dance-off at the party. Yes. Purely because Sam Rockwell dancing. I don't know if you've ever seen any videos on YouTube. There's a few ways, like, comes on to, like, Jimmy Fallon and dances his way on. He's a brilliant dancer. I don't know if he's, like, trained or whatever, but in that in that scene, Most actors are thing. good dancers. I think he, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Just go on YouTube and just literally put in Chris Rockwell dance. He'll be there for ages. But it's so funny you pick the opening. Because I've picked the very end. Have you gone for the end one? I've yeah. gone for the very end. So it comes back to me, to Liam James's performance, because that closing scene in the car, the only person that speaks is Steve Carell. Yeah. Because Tony Clett jumps in the back seat with Duncan, yeah, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah. And she doesn't say a word, not one. But you know everything she's communicating. You yeah. know everything that's going to ha- happen yeah. after these credits roll. And... I love the fact that the whole film's book ended with him in the seat as the film opens and it leaves with him in the seat but yeah. he's not on his own. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is because it sort of builds up and builds up and Tony just like she just jumps over and gets in with him and at that moment... You, no words. Yeah, and you don't need no words. But Steve Carell sort of trends sort of blabbering on, blah, blah, and you just like, yeah. It's, it's, I it's, think it's perfect. It's, it is. And again, it comes down. It's that's the writing. Yeah. But the writing of the, the the scene, as in you know, yeah. it's not the dialogue. Everything, everything on that scene, I think is just is is, is perfect. And like I say, it's so funny. You picked the the first scene with one the is on his own in the car, and I've. Picked the very last scene where he's, he's not alone. You know why this is, don't you, Dave? Because it's a boss little movie. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the music then? Oh, it's a great soundtrack. couple of songs. Well, I've got three songs. There's a song called Alone by Trampled by Turtles, cracking little song in there. 
there's the sort of a theme tune the way way back by composer rob simonson is really good but the bit I, the one i really love is the one at the end you know where they start to leave and he gets out and runs back to the woods yes. but it's the song power hungry animals by the apache relay oh, fantastic song but all there's a really good soundtrack and there's there's a couple of very well-known songs and there but 80s songs i've just realized because it's in excess Excess is on, yeah. And um, Mr. Mister and all that. He's and he's singing. Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that it's got that 80s vibe, but it's not yeah. in the 80s. So that was, apparently that was the plan originally meant to be in the 80s. So, not a very long movie. Great performances, great writing, some great scenes. But what could you have done to make it better? When I watched it again the other night, I was dying for it to get to the water park I feel like watching it in game oh because you know what the best yes. like you know Sam Rockwell's yeah. coming yeah <laughs> I feel like it's not a slow start because it's sort of setting everything else once you've watched it you just want to get to the water park scene right. because that that's what's I'm magic about it whenever he's there you're happy when he's round all the guys in the water <laughs> park, you're happy. So that's the bit of change. So but is it more Sam Rockwell, just quick, <clears throat> quicker to Sam Rockwell? I just want more <laughs> Sam Rockwell. It's, it's, but that's the yeah. thing of change. And it's, it, and I don't know if it is, in, in a weird way, it's how good the writing is, especially when you're coming back a second time watching yeah. it, because you're so desperate to have them water park scenes because all a bit the whole little sub story about is can you overpass someone on on in the water slide and all that, all them little things and the the three little brothers the three brothers that are there are always there and yeah just oh it's it there's so much going on <laughs> and you just when you go back and watch it if you ever watch it again you'll be just waiting for the scenes in the water parks that's my things that change but. Would it really change it? I don't know, because it's, it's a boss little movie. Okay, I've got two then. Oh. One, I think, comes... I haven't bought the written statement from Donna, but when we were watching the movie, Donna said, you have to talk about this. So it's the scene with Roddy, played by Nat Faxon, who's one of the writers and directors, when he stops the girls yes. going into the water slide... And it doesn't quite sit right. It's really creepy. It's and I was reminded of the Barbie movie. Yes, you know because we, we obviously we've both seen that recently. So when that scene came on, it was and I, and I think having like a teenage daughter myself, because he's not like because he does it as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's kind of like watching it a little bit. I don't. It's a bit creepy. I don't think it'll be in there if it's made today. I don't. I think. I think that's a massive difference in ten years. That scene mm. wouldn't make anymore. And like, it wasn't so much when Duncan was doing it himself when he got confidence because you could have just put that moment in where he just felt confident that yeah. he could just you know. But it was I'm weird a bit where Roddy was going hot and it was the camera staring. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. So what to stop and go back, then yeah. It was but it was more not him. It was the way it was directed, the way it lingered on. The I think if the camera was maybe on Roddy's face, you go, "Oh, it's a bit creepy." Yeah, yeah. It's a bit silly, but the camera was sort of focused on the the girls kind of midriff and stuff, yeah, and it was yeah. that. So that bit, like, I think you're right. Probably wouldn't make it. The other bit that really, really annoyed me. The playing a ball game. Oh, right? yeah. 
They're all sitting around the table. Duncan has his go. His mum has her go. Then they go to Steph as her go. When you're playing a game, you play clockwise. (laughs) (laughs) It made no sense. It really annoyed me. They were all sitting in the circle. It was not Steph's go next. That made absolutely no sense. Duncan had been, the mum had been, so either they were playing anti-clockwise or did, they're, did, they're just playing it wrong. Did, did you know, was your OCT taken over? What was that? going on there? Ah, I never even noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what was it? That, that game... He doesn't play clockwise. <laughs> it was quite a real family game. No, 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 no someone's pissed off. And cause yeah, you just don't want to play, do you? I get told off all the time when we play family games, like by Jackie and my sister and all that, that I like, I'm like, I don't see the point of playing unless we play the rules properly. Are you the Trent? Yeah, because <laughs> I've started something here, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, because like, the rules make it more fun, don't they, Liam? That's what he says, do, isn't Because I remember we were playing, and even when we were, we were doing a game, when we because we were playing with Joshua, my little nephew, and I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll let him have that one. I'm like, no. He's got a lot Because when he wins by his talent or his expertise hits more rewarding for him. I don't care if he is only six or oh, seven. No, I've started something. Let's move on. <laughs> so what impression, if any, did it make? Well, budget-wise, it was made for £5 million and it grossed £26 million, which is boss little movie, boss little, mm. boss little return. Um, I think the impact the film has is it solidifies the already amazing careers of like like Tony Collette, Steve Carell, Alison Janay, Sam Rockwell. They, they were all just churning out great performance after great performance and it was in amongst literally a couple of years before, a couple of years after and those four are just I've got a hell of a body of work and they all just came together and they, I think they've all worked on it, the, 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 the cross paths before and other stuff I can see as well. But to me, that's the standout, that those four actors and their performances were just in the middle of like a really good run of movies for them and I think that's the impact it, it does have. So, box set three, our new section. Oh. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Kenny? Can we lower the lights, please? Liam, this is your quick fire round. So you have two seconds to answer each question. If Duncan's dad was in the movie, I'd have picked Bill Hader. Who would you have picked? Mm. Bateman. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. That's a good one. Yeah. Water park or fairground? Water park. Family holiday or lads holiday? Considering all I ever talk about are films about friends, I'd say family holiday. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first holiday you remember? Caravan holiday in Wales. What's the best and worst holiday locations? Best and worst. I can't really think of that many bad ones, if I'm honest. I'm always of the, of the for you sort of make it your own. They there's not. I don't think I've, I don't think I've, you had any bad experience. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really had any bad experience. For the 
best one. I really love Denmark when we all went to Denmark. On a lads holiday. Yeah, on a lads holiday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Denmark. I always, I, I just, it was a great couple of days away in Denmark. If you could time travel, way, way forward or way, way back? Way, way back. So how can we watch The Way Way Back at home? It's the usual one. It's not on Netflix or Amazon Prime, so it's pay for it from all good streaming services such as Apple, Amazon, Sky, YouTube. YouTube. On the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. Uh, yeah, for about three, three pound fifty, you know. It's it's worth three pound fifty of your money to watch this film. So if you like this, what else would you like? I'm gonna go first. I've got I've got two themes to talk about. So this movie was made by Searchlight Pictures. So I was having a look at their kind of back catalogue of stuff and a lot of it is things that we we love. The Banshees of Inchiron, they made. Yes. They made Sexy Beast from two thousand with Ben Kingsley and Ray Winston. They made um Super Troopers, which I don't know if you've seen. I know of it. So there's a, there's a sequel as well. Brian Cox is in the in the first one. They did Sunshine, the Danny Boyle movie with Killian Murphy and Chris Evans. I've never seen that yet. Need to check that one out. Uh, Calvary. Yes. The one with Brian, uh, Brendan Gleeson and Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd from 2014. And they are making the new Taika Waititi film, Next Goal Wins. Saw the trailer for it, yeah. Yeah, that's out this year. So Search Like, search like Pictures have got some some great films and that this is out. you know this is people go but oh the big studio this is the benefit you know you don't you know the argument is you don't put enough money back in but there is there is the facility there to like your big blockbusters fund films like this that, yeah, you know that's a but I think some of the things that are coming up recently with the, the, the writer's strike and the actor's strike is the point now actually how much money is getting taken out is it should be getting put back in to make films like every penny studio makes should it, it I just don't see it shouldn't the, be gone to shareholders yeah, basically, yeah it, I just it. don't understand them make more movies that's, that's that should be our band make more movies and TV we're in an absolute golden age of writing and directing and performing like let's not stop let's yeah. just keep making movies cinemas have never TV. been better than yeah, ever have yeah been. so I've gone with summertime movies oh as yes as my second theme so I've gone with The Beach another Danny Boyle movie yeah yeah Leonardo DiCaprio from 2000 Adventureland is Adventureland with uh, Jesse Eisberg Kristen um, Stewart and Ryan Reynolds yes from uh, 2009 Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> He's away. It's, 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 it's on his summer holidays. Uh, the Great Outdoors. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd from oh, 1988. It's it's the... The all-you-can-eat scene is the bit yes. you always remember, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Grease. Of course, yeah. 1978. And not, not so much a summertime movie, but it's got loads of surfing in it. Point Break from 1991 with Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. Never seen it. Jesus Christ. So what have you gone with? I've gone for Boss Little Movies, but they've all got a dysfunctional, broken family vibe. And and this is this is what I mean when I spoke to you before I went on the Steve Carell dive a couple of years back. So the first three 
are all Steve Carell films. Little Miss Sunshine. It's the same producers of this film. If you love Little Miss Sunshine, you'll love this. If you love this, you'll love Little Miss Sunshine. They're just, you know, both him and Tony Clatter in it. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Beautiful Boy with Timothy Chalamet. Have you ever seen that? Not seen that. This, he plays, Steve Carell plays a dad who, he's sort of trying to come to terms with his son's addiction to, to, to methamphetamine. And he's trying to understand and come, like just get his head round it. What what his son's trying? It's again, it's a fantastic performance by Steve Carell. It was after I think it was done after the way way back. So it was the first time he sort of I heard of Timmy Fischer. He's brilliant in it as well, by the way. And then he did a film I think before this one called Dan in Real Life. Have you ever seen that? Is that Jason? Not Jason Segel, is it? No, no, there's loads of it's got it's got a hell of a cast. No, I don't um, think I have. He plays a widow, and he sort of they're all all the family are going back to to meet up in his like his mum and dad's house, and he starts to fall in love with this woman who he meets in a shop, and then his brother turns up with this woman, and it's just it's oh, it's a really good film, very very similar vibe to all those three films. It's almost like a little trilogy of films. Are mm. really really good. I definitely say dig all them out. What's eating Gilbert Grape? I've seen that for a long. It's time. It's a long time, but I feel like that dysfunctional family, it vibe with small independent film. Great performances by actors, actors just come to the forefront of their talent. I think it's definitely a film to dig out. The Royal Tenenbaums and the the Jarling Limited thing, you, those two go hand in hand, don't they? I think they're definitely there. And I don't know if you've ever seen this. Have you seen This Is Where I Leave You? Going with my music. So I? Jason Bateman's in it, Tina Fey's in it, amongst others. The cast no, is... No, is, uh, is this Jay, the one based Jane, around the funeral? Yeah, Jane Fonda. The cast is unbelievable. I think Dax Shepard is in it as well. Really good film. It's Chris Rock. I don't know if Chris Rock is in here. I can't remember. I'll have, have to check after this. Really good film. Also, we've got to mention it again, The Descendants, the George Clooney directed one, written by Jim Rash, Jim Rash and Nat Faxon. And my last one, have you ever seen Manchester by the Sea? Casey Affleck one? So it looked too hard going. Boss. For me, I know it was Oscar nominated yeah. and Casey Affleck, you know, I think is a good actor. She's a great um, actor as well. It just looked like one that you need to set a bit of time aside to watch, not be in a particularly good mood, maybe, because I think it ruined it. I do want to see it, but it just looked heavy going. Is it good? It's really good. I see all them films have sort of reeled off there and like this. Okay, some of them may be a bit more comedy, some of them may be a bit more straight, but they are sort of my favourite little movies. Them, And I'm going to come back to them again, boss little movies, mm. because they're not films that are vehicles for a, for a star. That's another thing as well, is a, is a defining specification for a boss little movie. Do you know what I mean? It's not... It's not a Brian De Palma film. It's not a Martin Scorsese film. So it's not something for a director. It's not a so-and-so's next big project. It's not a Tom Cruise project. Mm. It's not a blah, blah, blah project. Do you know what I mean? It's just a cast of actors who 
I've read the script, really love the script. Probably take way, a lot more pay cuts. You could probably earn a lot more money doing other things. Like I said, Steve Carell was on the back of being a highest paid mm-hmm. person. Hollywood's on the back of this, and he made this film. So, again, they're all them boss little movies, and it all comes from a great script. But all the money Hollywood has, it never ceases to understand or amaze me how you can have a crap script. It's the bit that costs nothing. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? I'm like, how can a film? You hear these films that don't even have a script. I'm like, that's the you can start a film with a script that costs nothing to write, and all these films here came from great scripts, and then got me, and all of them struggled to get made as well. So apparently, this film, way way back, had been hawked round producers for a couple of years. And everyone loved it. Apparently, it was it was, it was everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite script. But no one would pay to get it made because they know they're what did they make twenty twenty three million. The the idea is a studio wants a hundred million movie, don't they? And that's where probably likes of search like pictures a twenty four. Yes, make those movies for the almost for the sake of making them, don't but they? But my point is, if you're getting twenty five million from a five five million. You know, you're making 20... It costs 5 million. You'll make 25 million. You're making 20 million. That's like 400% profit. I'm like, am I doing... I'm like, am I... Is capitalism no, not... It, but what it is, 20 million to a studio is nothing. 20 million, yeah. 20 million would barely pay Tom Cruise's salary on his yeah. next big film. So it's got to be... It's it's big numbers, isn't it? Warner, yeah. Warner Brothers and the types of that just wouldn't make these type of movies where they know the, the you've got to pay for your marketer and you've got to pay for everything else, haven't you? Um, your royalties and everything that go out to that, and they just won't do it. And it's such a it's such a shame, isn't it? Because like I say, there's probably scripts out there. What, yeah, I forgot what's called. Now is it called the, the blacklist? Where the yeah, they're all just kind of sat there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably amazing scripts in there that will probably only cost maybe. Someone could make for 10, 20 million. Yeah, easily. You, know, you can make a Batman movie for like 20 million. You know, you just need a guy in a car and he beats up bad guys. But yeah. they don't, it'll be, a, you know, this next Batman will be a 250, 250 million movie with the hope that it makes somewhere close to a billion. Mm. And I've got, we love all those films. Oh, God, don't, there's, I think we'll be the first ones to see them. Yeah, yeah. But if you can somehow squeeze in a few. Little boss little movies. Boss little movies. That's what the world needs, more boss little movies. Just a, a great thing I was reading, because I was reading the, the trivia about it, is to save costs instead of buying trailers for the cast, what the film crew did is they just hired a house, rendered a house, f- not far from where they filmed. Mm. And apparently it was, everyone just loved hanging out there, that everyone would still come down and just hang out when he weren't working or on the day off. Apparently that, that was all the <laughs> casting crew. They just love, And that's the vibe that comes through in the film because do you know why? It's a boss little movie. So that was The Way Way Back. That was the film that Liam picked for me that I'd never seen before. And you should watch it if you can.
This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Vals lad, on Wake Experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcasts. rating yourself out of ten what, what, would, you, what would you be <laughs> no idea I don't know like, like do you not like what, 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 what would you say I was rate me oh, do I have to I will tell you what I'll count to three and then you give me what you think I am okay. and I'll see what I think you are that's fair okay, okay. so one two three ten six Sit. Fucking six!